for the next week. Anytime you have a challenge and you're like, oh, I can't do this or I don't want to do this or even it's just like, this is so hard for me. Take a moment to identify what is that exact point. And don't write down the video was hard. Write down the specific point that was hard for you. And after a week, you're going to start seeing a pattern, okay? Now, that is most probably related to a cognitive function to one of the thinking skills. If you just improve that thinking skill, all those things will be easier. Yes, video will be easier. And running your business will be easier. And cooking dinner and doing laundry and everything else is related to that same weak thinking skill that is hard for you. So you don't have to overcome the fear of video and overcome the fear of starting a TikTok channel and everything else, right? So take a moment to identify that specific, what's the specific thing that it is for you. And then you could come up with a creative solution to actually solve the problem. Welcome to another episode of Listeners to Lead, where I'm helping podcasters launch and maintain a lead generating show. I'm your host, Alicia Galati, the CEO and head podcast strategist behind Galati Media, a full service podcast management company. On this show, you'll hear my guests and I discuss everything it takes to launch a successful podcast and keep it running. If you're ready to get leads, land speaking gigs, and create deeper connections with your audience through your podcast, then this is the show for you. Hello and welcome back. Today we have a very interesting guest. ST is going to be talking to us about the brain why podcasting works, what are some ways to change the way that your brain is thinking about something in order to accomplish it, to have an easier life, an easier time tackling those things that feel really hard. And she also has a really interesting podcast as well as a podcast journey that I think is something that we've been talking about a lot lately of starting your podcast one way and then transitioning over to a new format or to a new strategy while keeping the same audience. This conversation is so good and so fun. I loved interviewing her and you're definitely going to want to listen in. So without further ado, join me in welcoming ST to the podcast. Hello, ST. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Um, all things brains and podcasting, which guys, it's not morbid just brains. It's going to be good. <laughs> so you could just start by telling everyone who you are, what you do, and about your podcast. Yes. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I mean, like, I love brains, but I love podcasting. I don't know if as much, but almost pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> so this is really fun that I get a chance to speak about both at the same time. I am a brain coach. That means I help people improve how their brain thinks so their life becomes easier. Because thinking is really not one big thing. Thinking is actually made up of 28 parts called cognitive functions, 28 thinking skills. Now, with there being 28, naturally, some of them are easier for us to do. Some of them are stronger and some of them are going to be weaker. But those weaker ones may be getting in your way of doing the things that you want to do. And you're like, why is this so hard for me when it's so much easier for someone else? 
You're not crazy. You're not lazy. It's not impossible. You just have to improve that thinking skill and it works. So that's what I do. Now regarding the podcast is the podcasts are like almost like mini classes. Like they're really short. They're usually less than 10 minutes where I discuss an everyday challenge that you may have that shows up in your life. And we want to really understand why not just giving you a tip and hack on like how to do your laundry or how to grow your social media, right? Instead, we're understanding how your brain is approaching the task. And then I'm going to give you specific exercises to improve that cognitive function related to doing the task task. So that way doing the task actually is easier. Wow. I love that. First, I love that you have whittled it down to quick bite-sized episodes. I think as we kind of journey into podcasting into this year, that's going to be more important is the quality of the content rather than like, how long is it? Is it necessary to have hour and a half long conversations or even 30 minute conversations about these topics when we can keep it pretty succinct and to the point and get something actionable out of it. So I love that you've tailored your content around that. We talked about this in the green room a little bit, but you have over 380 episodes. Tell me about that, like where it started first. And then we'll talk through you don't have all of them available right now. Why? What did that look like? But let's start at the beginning of your show. What made you start your show and starting to have those conversations? Yes. So my show started back when I was doing similar but not exact type of work. And a lot of my clients were couples and they were having a lot of issues with relationships. But I am not a marriage expert and I am not pretending to be. So I decided to start a podcast to really help them improve their relationships. But also in that process, I'm going to learn more about relationships so I can help them better, right? Like hosting mm-hmm. a podcast and having guests is like the fastest way to learn. It is so cool. Um, yes. So yeah, so that's how I started the podcast. That's why I started the podcast. I started it interviewing marriage experts, but then we shifted from there. Nice. And we've been talking to a lot of people lately here on the show where they have shifted their podcasts. And I think that it's such a great reminder for people that just because you start something, it doesn't have to be that way forever. And like, especially in podcasting, where you see these people who have been podcasting for like over a decade now, which is crazy to me. I don't know that I could do it for that long, but they've been podcasting for so long and having so many conversations. And it's like, you become known for that thing. So how do you shift? How do you change? Like, okay, I want to be known for this particular thing. So what did that transition kind of look like for you from interviewing these marriage experts to now giving these bite-sized digestible content to your audience? Yes. So honestly, it was a very gradual shift. It didn't just go one day from marriage experts all the way to giving these type of podcast that I had. And there were many little changes along the way. And to your point, you can totally change your podcast. I just think I'm a very big believer in like the relationship that you have with your audience. So make sure they know what's coming up, share how the changes are going to happen and specifically like the benefits of why you think it's better that these changes are going to be right. So when I was doing the marriage. I was afterwards, I spoke to JLD from Entrepreneurs on Fire and he told me, he's like, the way you're presenting the podcast, you're not the expert. And that's like one of the things in podcasting, right? Like even as a host, you want to make sure that you're coming across as an expert. Yes, you're making the guests look really good, but you want to make sure people are coming. They're coming to you. They're not coming because of the guests. They're coming because of you. Right. So he's like, after every show, as soon as the guest hangs up, this was his tip and it was the best thing. You just stay on the recording for another five minutes and you record your three 
best takeaways and then give your own insights, give your own perspective to that. And that will be a separate show, be a short separate show that you could publish the next day. So that's what I did. And the comments and the response that I got back from that was crazy. People were telling me they want to just skip the guests and go straight to the ones that I was doing. So, right. So we're moving slowly away from just the marriage to it being just me a very related to marriage, slowly mm-hmm. putting in more about the cognitive functions over time, hearing more about what people wanted, right? Listening to the audience and things like that. That eventually I was like, no one even cares about these marriage things anymore. The business has shifted. I don't know why I'm doing this. And it's time to get rid of that. And then completely, it just shifted to a solo show, but it was a process. Yeah. And I love that you kept the same show. I mean, the through line is there, right? The main ideas that you're bringing even from the beginning are still there. The audience is the same. Why reinvent it as like a brand new thing when you can just take all your followers that are already subscribed, that are already following the show and they're already there and just take them along the journey with you. I love that you did that. Because I think a lot of times we we think that we have to like, well, I'm doing this shift and I'm going to start brand new. It's like you're making it so much harder for yourself than you actually have to. I also love the tip that you got because one, it's important, especially after a conversation. And I do this for my setups. I will literally record them right after I get off with the guest. Like we talked about this. I'm excited about this because I already have that energy And I found like if I have a back-to-back meeting or if I save it for later, I'm like, well, what did we talk about? Like, I generally know what we talked about, but what was I excited about in the conversation? What were those like, that one thing they said that was like, oh yeah. And the idea of listening back to the conversation when I don't want to hear myself talk. (laughs) So it's such a good idea to do it right after. So I love that you got that advice and also looked at the data and like listened to your audience because like we had a client where she didn't want to do solos. She felt like her voice was dumb. She didn't want to hear herself talk. She didn't like, there was a whole lot of blocks right there about having solo episodes. And I was like, okay, just for this month, just try to do some solos. Here are the topics. You are incredible on these topics. Talking to your mic, or I will even sit in with you and you can talk to me. We'll make it super easy had her do it and found that those episodes did astronomically better than all the guests that she was having on. I was like, girl, (laughs) your audience does not want to hear these people. They want to hear you. They want to talk to you. And so I think looking at that data and really, I think it allows us to get outside of our heads, right? You probably, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, might've thought, okay, guests are the way to go with growing your podcast or guests are the way to go with having a podcast. But your audience proved you wrong by saying like, no, we skip the guests. We don't care about them. We want you. We want to hear you. So what does that kind of felt like for you? Yeah, I'm so in agreement like with, first of all, like the client that you had. Because like if I would have to have prepared all those episodes, I don't think I would have ever started the podcast. The fact to me that like I was like, okay, I could just meet up with someone and do a recording with them at that point was way easier for me if we want to go back to the thinking skills parts because technically those are my thinking skills that are stronger. So it's easier for me. For someone else, that might be different. But the fact that I got like that practice in between before jumping into the solo, like like you did, like you do some and some, and then it's easier when it's just practice and then you have the stats. So it makes it easier for you. It makes you motivated. It makes you excited to go and do it. 
Yeah. And it also allows you to get outside of your head. I feel like at least for me, when I'm looking at the data, I'm like, oh, then that makes sense rather than being like, well, I feel like I should do this, but do I really want to do this? But it's like, if the data is telling me, I will do it. (laughs) Right, exactly. I think one of the things about the guests, like growing the podcast, most definitely there have been quite a few episodes that with guests, that specific episode went up. So if they shared it, then the stats on that one went up. But I found that those people, they came for that guest. So they listened to one episode, which is great, but not specifically, obviously I can't know for sure, but not enough that the general podcast went up. Maybe it was because of the way I wasn't being so much of an expert versus right. Like as later on, I developed that skill more, but it most definitely can help you grow. I'm not saying not, but I don't think it's the be all end all. Yes. And I love that you brought this up because I found that the number one way to grow your show, especially the last year or two and going into this new year is by being a guest on other people's shows rather than having these high profile guests on your own show. I mean, we had a client who had, oh man, I don't know her real name, so I'm sorry in advance, but she played Jan on The Office and she had her on her show. It's like big name, everybody knows her, you know, but There was no huge influx in listeners. There wasn't a huge influx in like a steady increase in the listenership going on. Whereas we had another client where she was a guest on someone's show and saw a 200% increase in her listeners. And then we tracked that and saw kind of where it evened out. And she gained a thousand new regular listeners. So like, yes, guests can help you. But like you said, it is definitely not the end all be all. Yeah, right. Because like, again, when you're going on another show, I'm not saying that the host is not the expert, but you are sharing your expertise. And that's what people connect to. And they like, you're the one sharing the stories and giving all the tips. So then they're like, okay, I want more of this person. And they go check out your show. Yes. So speaking of your expertise, let's dive into that. From a cognitive standpoint, why is podcasting so awesome. (laughs) I mean, I feel like it's awesome, but you could tell me if I'm wrong from a cognitive standpoint. (laughs) No, I think it's also really awesome. I love podcasts. But what's interesting is that certain people are very big podcast people and certain people don't listen to podcasts. It's just not their thing, right? And that goes back into how your brain takes and processes information. So if you learn better while listening and doing other things while driving, taking your shower, cooking, cleaning, then the information is going to stick by you much better and you're going to connect with the way you're learning much better versus if you watch a video. And some people say that's better because then it's visual and you hit more things, but is it better for your brain, right? Every brain works differently and you want to work on the way that your brain. So people that are podcast listeners and really listen to podcasts, it gets it gets really deep into them. Yeah. So what about the people who are not? So if someone has a podcast and they're like, look, I'm reaching the podcasters, right? The people who are like, yes, I want to learn this way. I love learning this way. But maybe what are some of the other ways that I can reach the people who are like, meh, podcasts are okay, but they still want to reach them. I know you've done some stuff on TikTok as well as YouTube. So what are your your recommendations for hitting those other parts of the brain and really being able to connect with your audience on those other levels? Yeah, so I like to make the podcast the focus because for me, right? Obviously, I want to help as many people, but if it's hard for me, then 
I'm never going to get it out there and I'd rather just get it out and get it doing right. So because podcast for me is awesome. I love listening to podcasts and I love doing podcasts. I make podcasts the focus, but for you, it's something else, do it something else and then see how many ways can I use that podcast to help as many people and to put it on as many platforms as possible. So recording podcast with a video with whatever platform that you're recording on and using that video and then just taking that video and slapping it on YouTube will help more people. Obviously, it's not the best for visual learners who need all the diagrams, who need all the pictures, and need all the things, but it is one step above just listening because they'll see your hand motions like me. I move a lot, right? (laughs) (laughs) Or your facial expressions or things like that, right? So it's going to help them more than just listening. If people need bite size, they can't take in so much information, cutting up the podcast and putting it on TikTok will give them that little piece of value in a short amount of time. TikTok is also really amazing for many other reasons, but if you want to reach your general audience like that, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. I mean, we could definitely talk TikTok. You've used it to grow your show. How has that kind of worked for you? If someone is like, I want to dabble into it. I personally cannot add another mind numbing scroll place to my brain. And so I will stay away from it personally, but I know that there are definitely people who love it, use it, and would like to use it to grow their show. So what have been the strategies that work for you and why do they work? Yes. So TikTok is an outreach program, right? They have like outreach platform. Your videos are automatically going to get viewed to new people. Podcast, unfortunately, like unless somebody actually goes to your show and searches for it, they're going to have a very, very hard time finding it. Sometimes there's like recommendations, but like really now, right? Yeah. <laughs> like in relationship to with the possibilities versus TikTok, it's like most of the people are going to be new people. So what I like to do is I like to take actual value and then just put on it like, okay, this is a Life Picks University podcast episode 350 or whatever the episode is. So that way, if it's helping someone now and they want to get more, they know exactly where to find it without it like being in your face and the whole time like, okay, go listen to the podcast, go listen to the podcast, go listen to the podcast. It's the information is there without overwhelming them. Now, what's also great about TikTok is once you get into TikTok and you've been doing it for a few months or not even, you start learning the TikTok culture. Now, all short form video, right? Like YouTube shorts or IG reels, right? They all came after TikTok. So the culture on TikTok is where it all starts. And afterwards, it goes on to other places. So I like creating all short form video content for TikTok on TikTok, that as the base. And then there's like simply downloading it and repurposing it on all the other platforms. So it's true. I'm adding one more thing of TikTok, but I like to think of it as also YouTube shorts and IG reels and Facebook and LinkedIn and all those places that for me personally, like right, every business different, every brain is different, but for me, that's worth it. So then TikTok is growing. All my other socials are growing and all my other socials are also bringing people to my listeners. Yes. I think it's such a great reminder that you can't just post your podcast and sit back and like, you guys can't see me, but I'm like sitting there and like going back and forth, like everybody's going to come to me. It'll be great. That's that's not how it works. I'm sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. So you have to find, like you said, where is it that you like to hang out? Where is it that makes the most sense for you? And does it feel like super hard? But If it does feel hard, how can they like work on that? I know you have the tips, tricks, and strategies on your podcast for specific things. Are there any tips or tricks that you can give us for maybe if they're feeling like, uh, getting on video is hard or planning the video is hard? 
what are some things they can do? Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to identify the specific point of struggle, okay? Because let's say most people, they say video is hard, right? Or starting a TikTok channel, that's too hard. Or whatever, whatever it is for you, starting a podcast is too hard. But really, it's not that going on video is hard. There's a specific point within that process that is hard for you, for your brain, that is stopping you from doing it. Now, if you want to get really serious about this, what you do is for the next week, okay, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be really worth it. For the next week, anytime you have a challenge and you're like, oh, I can't do this, or I don't want to do this, or even it's just like, this is so hard for me, take a moment to identify what is that exact point. And don't write down the video was hard, write down the specific point that was hard for you. And after a week, you're going to start seeing a pattern. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that is most probably related to a cognitive function to one of the thinking skills. If you just improve that thinking skill, all those things will be easier. Yes, video will be easier and running your business will be easier and cooking dinner and doing laundry and everything else is related to that same weak thinking skill that is hard for you. So you don't have to overcome the fear of video and overcome the fear of starting a TikTok channel and everything else, right? So take a moment to identify that specific, what's the specific thing that it is for you. And then you could come up with a creative solution to actually solve the problem. I love that. Cause it really back to the data point, like if you can take it outside of yourself and outside of, Oh, I just am terrible at this or, Oh, I don't know if I feel like it. Like if you can take it out of the emotions (laughs) that tend to allow, make us run our lives a certain way and back to like the brain or the data, then it can help you actually do the thing. And it makes me think of when, I mean, okay. So my husband does most of the housework. He's a stay-at-home dad. He does most of the stuff. He homeschools the kids. But there are two things he will not do, and that is fold laundry. He will do the laundry, but he won't fold the laundry, and he won't do the pots and pans. So he won't let me load the dishwasher. God forbid I I try to (laughs) load the dishwasher. Well, you have a good husband. (laughs) I do. He's incredible. And I tell him every day how incredible he is. So I save the laundry because I I don't like doing folding laundry either, like blah, but I'll do it because he does a lot of other stuff. So I save it for like one big, massive, okay, I've got an hour, two hours to go through all the laundry and fold everything for us. And I found that if I am watching a show while I'm doing it, it can take a little too long because I get too distracted. But if I listen to an audiobook while I do it, then I can get through it a lot faster. And then even more so if there's an event, like a virtual event that I'm looking forward to, if I do it right before then, I will speed through (laughs) that laundry. So I totally could see how just tweaking one thing or working on one skill or changing something can make such a difference. Oh, yeah. That like reminds me of so much stuff. First of all, that part about the speeding, I was like, yes, there is the law that this is my weak thinking skill of remembering the names. I don't remember the name, but a task takes up however much time you set up for it, right? So especially when you have a reward afterwards, then even more. But if you know, I have to finish this in a half hour because I am having this virtual event and I want to be there for this virtual event on time, you're going to make sure to get it on time. So you could do the same thing for yourself or anyone's listening. You can set a amount of time 
don't make it more than it has to and try to see if you can even do it a little bit less and give yourself some sort of reward. Like it doesn't have to, you know, like some sort of something, even if you don't have a virtual event, but something else that you can be looking forward to that, like it has to be finished by that. And sometimes it could be even like picking up your kids from clubs. Like you don't want it when they come home that there should still be like laundry at home. But for you, that's the reward that it is done before they come home. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much. Oh, so good. Is there anything else that you feel that we should add at this point before we sign off? Yeah, I think one really, really important thing is, I don't know if you've ever discussed this, but the concept of a fixed versus a growth mindset. Yeah, by Carol Dweck. Carol Dweck was a psychologist in Stanford University. She wanted to know what makes a person successful. Not talents, not IQ, not background, none of it. It literally has to do with your mindset on how you approach the thing that you're doing. Fixed mindset things, the way you are is the way you're going to stay forever. And growth mindset is where you're always learning, you're always growing, and you're most importantly willing to take risks and so-called making mistakes because you realize they're just part of the learning process. Now, naturally, we all have a fixed and a growth mindset. Like think of something you're good at. That only came about because you had a growth mindset. But that thing that you think you can never do or you're just really bad at, that's a fixed mindset. The question is, which one do you default to more? So you could be listening to this entire podcast. You could be listening to everything we spoke about, to everything you've listened to on other podcasts. If you're not having a growth mindset about it, none of it is actually going to go in. So think about before you start doing something, before you start learning, before you turn on a podcast, before you think, just have a growth mindset. Try learning better. Doesn't mean everything everyone's saying is true. Doesn't mean you have to believe everything. Try it, test it out, but go with that growth mindset and you'll see your success skyrocket. Yes. Oh, so true. I think mindset is so important, especially from a standpoint of podcasting, because it can be pretty vulnerable and it is your voice. And like, what if someone's like, oh, I hate their voice? <laughs> There will be, sorry, with 8 billion people in this world, just like face reality, there's going to be someone that's not going to like your voice. So what? You're not making it for that one person. You're making it for everyone else who does want to listen. Exactly. Yes. And that's that changing that mindset, right? And focusing on the thing that is going to propel you forward. Oh, I love that. Where can people find you, hang out with you, get to know you if they want to hire you and be like, help me, (laughs) then where can they go? Yes. Yeah, so everything is Life Picks University. My podcast, Life Picks University. So it's Life P-I-X University. That's where you could get like all those little masterclasses. You could also go to my website, Life Picks University or social media, all the same thing. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we link all of that in the show notes. If you are driving or doing other things and you want to find those links later, we will have them in the show notes. Thank you so much, ST, for coming on and sharing all of this amazing knowledge and fun tips, tricks, and strategies with us today. Ah, this is so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Listeners to Leads. If you found something in this episode valuable, I would really appreciate it if you shared it with a friend who you know would also get value from it want to send me a message my favorite place to hang out is instagram you can find me at alicia.galati let me know what your favorite takeaway was from the episode and don't forget turning those listeners into leads is actually easy